Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Rejection. I mean, that affects all of us at one time or another. It, it it's also it can also be something that a lot of people just accept as a normal way of life. And when we get to that point, we believe that's just the way it is. And, and that's that. And some people actually believe God has rejected us. You know, our sins may have separated us forever from him unless you know Jesus is your savior. But, you know, some people think there's just no need to even try and repair that relationship. They just accept that they'll never be loved by anyone, including God. And folks, that is just a lie of the devil. The problem is so many people just accept the lie of the devil, but that doesn't have to be you. Amen. Our guest today is Danielle Burnock. Danielle's childhood was one of rejection. She felt rejected at home. She felt rejected at church. That rejection led her to believe life was hopeless. Even God didn't love her. You know, so if that's the case, what's the point? But the truth was God did love her. Amen. So she came to that realization that God had been with her all along. He's with you too. Amen. She went from being a trauma survivor to an international award-winning author, speaker, podcast host, trauma-informed self-love coach who's able to help men, women, and even organizations to become victorious souls. She has courses and workshops that help people to implement a, a proven process she calls SELF, S-E-L-F. She's also widely known as that lady on the internet who loves you. Help me welcome to the program, Danielle Burnock. Danielle, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to join us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am very excited. That was quite an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Uh, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information that I just talked about, can you tell us in your own words, who is Daniel Burnock? Who is Danielle Burnock? Um, I am a... Ah, words. <laughs> I am someone who is passionate about learning and growing and becoming who God created me to be. I'm passionate about people knowing that they're loved, which is why I've become that lady on the internet who loves you. Love is one of the core values of a victorious soul, and it's my primary message. When I was interviewed for another podcast, one of the things she had asked is, because she deals with overcoming trauma. What is a cycle that you are working on breaking in your family, in the generations? Mm -hmm. And I thought for a while, because there was a lot of them I was working on, but then I thought of one that I had worked on and obliterated. <laughs> and Amen. so I figured this is very core to who I am. That thing that I obliterated was that feeling of being unloved. When I had my children, 
I knew I was afraid to have children, but that's a whole nother story to get into. But I said, if there was one thing I was going to do right, one thing, no matter all the other things I needed to work on, they were going to grow up knowing they were loved. And they do. They always did that. In fact, my daughter and I just talked about it yesterday, even with all the other things, she always knew that she was loved and they are passing that on to their children as well. So who is Danielle Vernock? Someone who finally knows that she is loved and is passionate about other people knowing that also because everything flows out of that. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Uh, Your story starts with you being quote unquote, a childhood trauma survivor. Were you traumatized at school or church at home? What tell us a story all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) The thing I begin with is like the first layer because there were lots of different layers of trauma. The first layer was something I learned is called childhood emotional neglect. And that really paved the way for the other things to incur the depth of hurt in my soul. Mm -hmm. What childhood emotional neglect is, is every child grows up and we have emotional needs. Everyone has emotional needs. I grew up during a time when emotional needs were not something anyone thought about, cared about, or did anything about. So many people who are around my age have suffered this. Some will own it and some will not. But Dr. Janice Webb has written a book called Running on Empty, and she unveils 12 different ways that a child can be emotionally neglected. And she she Mm. unveils it in a way that you can go, oh, yeah, that one and that one. Oh, no, I didn't have that. Well, my parents fell into three of the categories Mm. in there. So times three. (laughs) Emotionally neglected times three. And what emotional neglect is, is everyone has, you know, needs, emotional needs. Everyone has different emotional needs. There's children who are very resilient and tough and strong, and they don't need a whole lot of support. There are others who are highly sensitive, which was my case. Even though I'm a very strong personality and very strong in some ways, Like I've said to others, I'm kind of like a marshmallow on the inside. (laughs) And so I had a lot of emotional needs. And my parents had been children of trauma themselves. They had their own emotional trauma, did not know they had emotional trauma, because trauma wasn't a thing back then. That was something that happened to people who went to war, or if they had been through, you know, an earthquake, a tsunami, or a plane crash, or something that people would measure as large enough to validate the use of that term. But trauma is not the incident. Trauma is not something that happened to a person. Trauma is a wound on the inside of a person's soul, in your brain, in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions, and even in your body, because body Mm -hmm. stores trauma. So the needs that a child has of emotional needs, that will play out later in their life if those needs are not met. And where I always pause here to say no parent is perfect. And if you drop the ball once, you didn't mar your kids for life. And <laughs> Dr. Janice Webb is very careful to let you know that. Don't panic, parents. Don't panic. It's an ongoing thing or it's in a very crucial time, like something huge happened to the kid and they didn't have the support and love they needed at that time. I had both. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. of those. And so I didn't have any kind of emotional intelligence. I had squashed my emotions, didn't think I should have emotions. 
And I had all of that before even the traumas started to occur, which started early in first grade. Mm-hmm. The first grade, I was publicly shamed by my first grade teacher. Mm. In fourth grade, um, I was going to just mitigate this a little bit. I had an incident that occurred that planted in my heart that truth or fiction does not matter because if you tell the truth, you get in trouble. And if you tell a lie, you get in trouble. So either one, it doesn't matter. You're just going to get in trouble. Mm. I was publicly humiliated in front of my school. I was publicly rejected in front of the church. I was bullied by kids. I was bullied by a very particular person who attacked my identity using my given name at birth. And in 1988, I legally changed my first name. So I was Mm. not given the name Danielle at birth. Mm. Also, I lost my grandmother. And two months later, I lost my my dad. And two years later, I lost a close friend at school. And two years later after that, I lost my eldest brother. So those are just kind of the glossing over that. But to add to that, how that was able to cause wounds, because people go through a lot of loss and things. So like I said, are you resilient? Are you sensitive? What did you need? Did you have the tools to meet that? Because trauma is an involuntary wound. What happens is something happens in your life that you are incapable of processing. And so that causes a complete feeling of helplessness and and you're just left completely vulnerable and it leaves a wound behind. And that happened to me over and over and over again. And something that was missing in my life that studies have shown mitigates trauma is support and nurture. So when someone is going through something that's hard or something that, you know, bullying or they go through a loss, if they are surrounded with love and support and nurturing, they can go through that and even emerge without any trauma. It's possible because love, love is what heals. God is love. Love is our core. Like I started with that. Love is what can keep someone from becoming traumatized in the first place and what can heal someone after that. So I had that great big pile of thing. But when I grew up, to me, it was just my life. I didn't even know the word trauma. That was my life. I didn't think Mm. that, except for I knew I was messed up on the inside. Amen, amen, amen. amen. At at what point did you come to realize that God did love you? And how did that transform your outlook? Oh, that took a very, 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 very long time. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) And I used to be ashamed of that. Part of my journey was dealing with a whole lot of shame, which is a side effect of trauma. But as a child, I was 10 or 11 when the public rejection happened at church. And like you had said in the intro, I believed God had rejected me. God took me through that healing in different layers to address that trauma. Because he showed me that what happened is that scripture, whoever comes to Jesus, you know, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. The enemy planted in my child's soul. The belief that whoever comes to Jesus, meaning me, you will be cast out. So I was going to, you know, God cast me out. So what's the point? Like you had said. And but still, I was given the opportunity at this church. Well, you can earn it then, which then planted in me just 
um, alignment of the gospel that you can earn it. Because I was already trying to earn approval and earn love and all of that. Well, now I need to earn getting saved because I, you know, I, I answered the altar call. I got baptized, all that jazz, but then they publicly rejected me. You know, you're not good enough. Mm. But then they offered me the opportunity. You can do this, that, and the other, jump through this hoop, that hoop, this hoop, that hoop, which I did because I was voraciously hungry to be accepted. I didn't feel accepted at home. I didn't feel loved and belonged at home. I wanted to belong at this church. Amen. You know, so I went through all the things and then they made me a member, you know, on a Sunday night when no one was there. And then I stopped going to church, which is what they were afraid of. So it's sort of like they self-prophesied that over me. But after that, it wasn't long after that, that I lost my father Mm -hmm. and my grandmother. And I got very angry with God when my grandmother died because I thought I had prayed like the perfect prayer according to what I had been taught, which Mm -hmm. now I know better. But (laughs) (laughs) I got mad at him. I thought he killed my grandmother. He killed my my dad. And then, you know, the circumstances around my brother, I was lied to about that. And I I blamed God for all of that because I was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. So then I knew enough about God that I wanted him to not exist. That's it. That's it. If God doesn't exist, I'm good. I'm mm. golden, right? <laughs> so then I tried to prove that God didn't exist. I started studying other things and doing this and that because, you know, then if God doesn't exist, then I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would. I did not succeed at that because it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> God does exist. And I love to pause here for who's listening. Doesn't matter how badly you are wounded, and how badly you are rejecting God because you are wounded, he knows why. Yeah, And he's Amen. coming for you because he loves you. Mm-hmm. And he came after me. Because I was taught otherwise, you know, you're in rebellion, you know, I mean, you know, I had so much of the scriptures mangled and twisted. All of them sent me to hell. I was going to hell for so many different reasons. It was just almost mind-boggling. Yeah. <laughs> Even the things were supposed Amen. to save people, that was the one that was sending me to hell. And I got to a point in my life where I took this road trip out to California. The whole story is in my first book, Emerging with Wings. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And it's really funny. It's worth it for the book just for the story because I I journaled my way out there, which was good, or I wouldn't remember any of it because I was drinking and doing drugs the whole time. So, <laughs> amen. <laughs> and telling God that I was being good. So, I mean, you want a really good laugh, you need to read that chapter of my book. <laughs> but I took this road trip, which God had provided me someone to go with because I was going to go by myself. I'd gotten fed up with trying to find someone. And on my trip out there, you know, he was following me all the way out there. And I talk about that in my book, all the details of that. And I just, he got my attention, sort of like, huh, like peaking my interest to kind of pay attention kind of thing, but not ready to like do anything about it. But his mercy and his grace just pursued me. And there was one night we were driving and it was raining so hard we had to pull over. And sleep in the car because we couldn't see anymore. And I woke up in the morning in my in my car, and I had a spiritual sensitivity, and I knew I was not. I mean, my girlfriend was in the car. I knew that, but I felt that there was 
I felt the, felt the spirit of God there, only I didn't know yeah. that's what it was. I, mean, I was like, I am not alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt that same kind of magnetic drawing that I felt when I answered that altar call. I didn't know what that mm. was either. I just felt that and felt drawn. And so I responded with what I knew, but then fear kicked in and I'm like, so then I like almost covered my head because I thought God was then going to kill me because, <laughs> you know, just the fear and all of that. But see how messy that is? Yeah. Yet Amen. God can handle messy. Again, to pause. I don't care how messy your life is. God loves you right where you are in the middle of your freaking mess. That's right. Amen. And like I said, Amen. he's coming for you because he loves you. And I love that line. I got that from a devotional recently. They said that about Zacchaeus. Because, you know, Zacchaeus is up in the tree, mm -hmm. and Jesus not only knew his name, he said, I'm coming to your house. And how they portrayed that wasn't like, I'm coming to your house to arrest you and get you in trouble and throw you in jail because <laughs> he was a criminal. No, I'm coming to your house because I want to be by you. Yeah. And Amen. then what did that Amen. cause, the response in Zacchaeus? What can I give you? I <laughs> Take yeah. everything. And that's yeah. what real grace and real mercy causes in the response of the heart. Amen. And so after I got home, I started going to church with my mom because she had started to go back to church. And, you know, then I, you know, Lord led me through to the man that I'm married to. That's a whole story in and of itself. Also, very supernatural story. God paired us together very supernaturally. And he's the first person that I tasted what unconditional love felt like. Amen. Amen. And that was the beginning of that. But still, I mean, my I had no faith in the love of God. I knew the words. I'd heard it. I could see this, sing the song, Jesus loves <laughs> me, this I know. You know, and even the song, Jesus loves the little children. And, you know, Jesus loves even me. You know, I loved those songs. But if I was honest with myself, I didn't really believe it. I was still trying to earn it because mm. of that deep-seated rejection and the training at the church as a child. Amen. Amen. But over the course of the, from that time when I, you know, bowed my knee back to the Lord in my car till October 12th, 2012, which was 34 years later, God convinced me. He kept pursuing me and convincing me. People would tell this story about how Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And I felt shame. Oh, Abraham believed God. What's wrong with me? Oh, I just beat myself up because, you know, he was this great thing and I was this awful thing. And then I had a pastor in there that shared the story of Abraham in a way I had never heard before. Did you know that God restated? and convinced Abraham of his promise seven times. Amen. He didn't tell him once, and Abraham believed God. He told him seven times. He changed his name. He made a covenant with him. All the different ways that he yeah. did it. He pursued him, and he convinced him. Amen. God pursued me, and he convinced me. And that morning... I know that date because I put a note in my phone and wrote out with tears streaming down my face as I felt being fully convinced that I believed here in his love, not that I love God, but that he loved 
me. I don't have to earn it. I just get it because he gives it. He loved me first. Mm -hmm. And I have faith in that now. And that's something I want to share with people and let them know God doesn't care if it's going to take 20 years, 50 years, five minutes, a hundred years. He will keep doing it because he loves you. Amen. Amen. That is, that's a moving story. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. I mean, how is, how is trauma different in adults as compared to children? Oh, wow. That's a big question. And there's a huge difference. With children, another term for childhood trauma is called developmental trauma. Children go through trauma, grow up, and don't know they've been traumatized. Mm. Adults can be traumatized, and they might know they're traumatized. With trauma as a child, it's just their normal. It's their normal, and they instinctively blame themselves. They blame themselves because whoever the trauma comes from, most often it's from someone they love and know and trust and need something from in some capacity. Even the bully that attacked my identity, she was the coolest person in school and I wanted to be accepted. So she had something I wanted. So I was something I wanted from her. So I blamed myself for that at the same time. Her bullying, I blamed myself for that. That's what Mm. children do. Because they can't make the person they need something from the villain. So they have to make themselves the villain. Adults tend to do that, but not to the extreme of it as well. Mm -hmm. Children are traumatized much easier because they are in developmental form. They don't have the mental skills, the emotional skills. They don't have the brain power to deal with things that an adult has the brain power to deal with. They're not done. It's like if you take a cupcake that's completely cooked and drop it on the floor, you know, it might break apart. It might not break apart. Some crumbs might fall off. You take a cupcake that's been, you know, in the oven for five minutes and drop it on the floor. There's going to be splatter all over the place. And so that's a little bit of a picture of the difference between how a child's not done yet, but they don't know that either. You tell them that and they're like, yeah, sure. Especially if they're a teenager, they think they know everything, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I, I took child psychology even in school and it's like, it didn't sink in. I didn't really get it and starting to get it now. And it's like, it's so important for children to have adults in their life that understand this and will help them. And something else I like to bring up when this question gets asked, because a child doesn't recognize their trauma, and oftentimes when they grow up, they still don't own it as trauma, Mm. because now you're an adult, and you're looking at what happened to you as a child through the eyes of an adult. So you're processing what happened to you as a child as an adult. You're not processing it as a child. So the way that someone can revisit their trauma, if who's listening here, you can do this. If you're like, well, I'm not sure about that. Do this. What child do you have in your life? A a child, a grandchild, a niece, a nephew, a neighbor, 
someone on a TV program that you you like this person who is the age that you were whenever said incident occurred. And mm-hmm. imagine that child going through that incident at that age. Yeah. And it will help you formulate seeing that situation through different eyes. Yeah. I've done that with my grandchildren and I've I've about broke down each time because the thought of this happening to them at that particular age is just like, oh my goodness. But as an adult, you look back and the tendency is like, why weren't you stronger? And why didn't you just get over it? But that's adult eyes looking at your own child. You need to reparent that child and let that child heal. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, we mentioned earlier your four-step process called self. Can you explain that process for us? Oh, yes. The more I talk about it, the more excited I get about it. When I first formulated it, I believed I received it from the Lord, but I was real hesitant because the word self, I chose the word self on purpose for very two specific reasons. One is the self is the part of the person where your choice resides. You make your choices out of yourself. No one can make your choices for you. When that happens, it's called coercion and manipulation. But for it to be a true choice, it only comes out of yourself. And God values that. I mean, he put the two trees in the garden at the beginning. The devil didn't do that. God values our choice. Mm -hmm. And the second reason I chose self is because in a lot of Christian circles, the word self is like a dirty word. And that's a part of you you need to get rid of. You need to annihilate. You need to kill. It needs to carry its cross and you need to shoot it and bomb it and bury it and kill it. And I suffered under that for so long that I tried to kill myself. Mm-hmm. The whole part of myself, yeah. because I believe that was evil. But I don't believe that's what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about the flesh, which I like to unveil what that looks like is look at your ego. People know about the ego. They talk about egomaniacs. And when your mm-hmm. ego gets the best of you, yeah. the ego is the part that wants to push God off the throne and sit there yourself. That, I believe, is the self that Jesus was talking about. The self that I deal with is your soul. And the Bible says, to we need to take ownership of our soul. We need to possess our soul with patience. We need patience because it takes a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But the self-process is four steps that we go through over and over again because, like I had the trauma in layers, healing happens in layers. Healing is a process. But the S stands for C, E stands for expose, L stands for love, and F stands for free. The S C is about awareness, because if you won't see things, you can't do anything about it. If you won't see that you have trauma in your life, you won't do anything about it or heal, and it will continue to manifest in your life. So it starts with awareness, but awareness all by itself is actually detrimental. Dr. Caroline Leaf calls it detrimental because if you see it but do nothing about it, you're actually hurting yourself. So the E is expose. You need to lift up that rug you've been sweeping everything under and shine a light under there and expose. What happened? Why did it happen? Where did it happen? 
How did it happen? You need to expose why do you see what you see in your life? What happened? Then L is love, where you need to start to love yourself. That's why my mantra is love yourself from survive to thrive. And you need to learn how to receive love. You, the love of God, the love of other people. You need to learn how to love others. But that's a whole big part, which is part of why you do this over and over again. But the first time through, I encourage people to dare to love. If you don't love yourself, I dare you to think about thinking about it. Entertain the thought of loving yourself. Because when we lavish this love on ourselves, what that does is it gives us courage. It gives us courage to take action, which leads us into the fourth part of self, which is free. That's the action step where you do something about what you saw and what you exposed. You access that love and you take a step toward that freedom. And then you go through it again. See, how did that work out for you? Why did or did it not do what you wanted it to do? Love yourself some more to take a, a new action. And that's what I lead Amen. my clients through and, and talk their way through that to get to the bottom. Because if you don't get to the bottom of what the issue is, you can't heal it. It's like exactly. you, you pull a dandelion exactly. out and you don't get that root, that dandelion's coming right back. Amen. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> the weeds of life. Yeah. <laughs> Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of a great interview with Daniel Burnock. Now, Daniel's been sharing about her coaching program that helps you to live a more victorious life. Because of Daniel's horrific background of abuse, she is more than qualified to help you work through lingering issues that still may be traumatizing your life. Folks, we all have either experienced firsthand or know someone who has what being traumatized is all about. What feelings of inadequacy and worthlessness, or even questions of why I'm even here are all about. Now, Daniel Burnock has made it her life mission to help people overcome these feelings, overcome these questions, to walk a victorious life, to help you make sure that you are a victorious soul and thriving and helping in the process. Just reach out, contact her by dropping down on the show notes and reaching out to Danielle. While you're there, Order one or more of her books as well, amen? Share this episode also on your social media and especially tag someone who you know would benefit from hearing this conversation and getting in touch with Dad Yo. Amen? Be sure to come back for the conclusion of this great interview in the very next episode. Till then, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this. 
your voice, reaching thousands, your story, inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.